You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's GCB After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's GCB After Show. You know, I think this is my favorite TV show. It's certainly my favorite new show. And I was so bummed that Desperate Housewives is leaving. But GCB, I think, is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, so it's such a, a solid good replacement. replacement. It is. It's it fantastic. Is. And uh, hey, everybody, welcome back to another week of GCB. Tonight, we're going to be discussing episodes five, six, and seven. So whether you're listening in your car or at home or at work, we won't tell anyone. Don't worry. Make yourself comfortable because uh, we're just going to break it down. We have Jason Gallagher, mm-hmm. AJ Gibson. Hello. I'm Derek Shore, and we have the lovely Candon Bliss on the line joining us from Alabama. Hey, Candon, can you hear us? I can hear you guys, my GCB boys. (laughs) Perfect. You're a little outnumbered, Candon. How do you feel about that? I am. I'm not sure what to think about it. I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the AfterBuzz feed online, and I see this picture of, like, all these beautifully dressed women, and then there's these three handsome boys in the studio talking <laughs> none, about them. None. I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, if you if, if I had three hunky, straight men in a studio with me, I, I, I would identify with how you're feeling right now, Camden. <laughs> so, uh, he doesn't. It feels pretty good. Oh, wait, no, I don't have that, do I? Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, no, Ronnie you don't know how that feels. <laughs> Ronnie in the booth. All right, oh. perfect. There, there's got to be some straight people around here. Anyway, let's jump <laughs> right into it. We're recapping three episodes, like like we mentioned, five, six, and seven. And we're hoping to get yeah. Marisol Nichols in here one day soon. She, of yeah. course, plays Heather, Fingers I think one of the most likable characters on the her. show. I, I She's adorable. Yeah. I love her. But yeah. you know what, though? If, if you had to pick a favorite... Cricket. Oh, Cricket, really? Cricket, is coming cricket without a doubt. She's, she's coming on strong lately. Oh, so last couple strong. episodes, yeah. And she's just blunt. She says what she's thinking. Yeah. She's rich and not ashamed of it. I love mm-hmm. her. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love, I love how it's the villain, too, who, who always gets loved. Right. Because mm-hmm. she, I think she's becoming more of a villain as the show goes on, no? Mm-hmm. I think, she is, I think sure. we've really seen a human side of her, though, lately. With, uh, with her and Blake trying to have a second child, right. and they're going to go about it the natural way, and like when they <laughs> reveal this, and she has her hesitations, she says it's because she doesn't feel connected to her one and only child, and she really revealed this softer yeah. side to her that she thinks like she she's too like harsh. she feels like maybe she wasn't a good mother. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. See, but yeah. Candon, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is just me from my own perspective, but if I had a gay husband, I don't think I would be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me either. I mean, but but you know what? It is kind of like, it's kind of like you're having a catty girl best friend. Like, sometimes, I'll be real honest, our gay husbands can get a little bit controlling and a little bit catty, just like other women. <laughs> I mean, I have been a victim of it before. Sometimes you gay husbands think that you're right just because you're our gay husband. <laughs> I love that you use the word victim. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to yes. drop a hint, Candon? Mm-hmm. Did I say something wrong in our past GCB shows? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to go watch them again. This is my first show. I'm off the hook. It's not yeah. me. What do you guys think, AJ? Yeah, Derek and AJ, we'll see. You guys are on trial here. Right, right. That's okay. I like being on trial. I love a good trial. <laughs> role play is always nice. Um, geez, what is wrong with me tonight? Apologies in advance. You're on no, a roll. Jason and AJ, what do you think about the portrayal of Blake in this show? Because I know you said Cricket is, is your favorite. You both agree on that. But what do you think uh, the portrayal of Blake is? Because... I, I should frame it by saying, having grown up in a very religious, conservative place, I'm from Salt Lake City, my entire family is Mormon, I cannot tell you how many men like Blake I know mm-hmm. who yeah. are gay, and right. everyone knows it, right. but they're married and they have families. I mean, Salt Lake is like, 
the closeted gay capital capital of the U.S. So, so what do you think about his portrayal? Is it realistic? Do you find it? Do you find it funny? What are your impressions of it? I kind of go back and forth actually with each episode. They yeah. kind of delve into it a little bit more. Um, so far, I'm, I haven't been upset. I mean, I, I like his choice in men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's an attractive guy, and I'm not mad at the good ranch hand. But, no, I think that uh, it's – he's being portrayed in a way that I haven't seen a character portrayed on television ever, really. And I find that interesting. I kind of have the same back and forth going on with Blake. There are times where I think, yeah, this is awesome. I like him a lot. I like that he's just in his own. He can do his own thing. And that they sort of, they don't make Cricket and Blake's relationship seem odd. They just make it seem like it works for them. And I love that. But I was kind of a little perturbed when they're laying in bed and watching Spartacus together. And that is what what turns Blake on to be able to have sex with a woman. And I just think, I think that didn't do justice to the gay community, that it was like, oh, all it takes is a TV show, and then he can have sex with a woman. It's like, as if people don't already think it's a choice enough. Exactly. You know, that sort of really helps spur it. a ripped, sweaty man in a loincloth, and then we're we're good to go. Yeah. This is a a Christian show, right? So I don't know if that has anything to do with that, and I just thought of this up in my head, that that could be why... Like, is that, do you think that's some kind of underlying theme or, or underlying message that they're trying to get at with that storyline? Or do you think this is the question? Maybe. No. Uh, maybe. I think that the rest of the show, though, they poke fun at um, this, this Southern conservative religious ideology like that these people are all living. And I think that maybe that is a kind of a way for them to poke fun at it. And maybe in later episodes, you know, maybe they're putting out there as like, look, this is, everything else is so ironic. Why would, why would we expect them to portray the gay man? True yeah. to form. Right, exactly. It's, it's part of what makes the show what it is. Well, and, and Candon, as you and Jason have discussed in your own after shows about the first mm-hmm. few episodes, I think I think this show truly walks a fine line when it comes to appealing to a broad audience because I can think of many religious people who would watch this show from one perspective and say, oh my gosh, I love it. They're totally promoting Christianity. And then I think of my own perspective and I think, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Kristen Chenoweth is so stereotypical, closed-minded, crazy... You know, crazy, right. and yeah. so, and, mm-hmm. and I love that they're able to to do this, to bring these issues to the table and poke fun of it, while at the same time being respectful. But I have got to say, Candon, that I agree with Jason and AJ that the moment the whole "oh, I'm gay" and "cricket, you're my wife, but let's have sex anyway," I thought that the writers of the show had done a really fantastic job of saying, "Okay, you know what? A lot of people live in arranged marriages like this, and Absolutely. I use the term arranged marriage as gay man, straight woman, totally. and it's just their agreement, yeah. and that's fine. It's no one else's business exactly. but theirs." But I did feel a bit like I winced a little bit when the whole oh we're gonna have sex even though why like why would we I think it's interesting like you say that you winced a bit I did too and I think that that's okay because I think as as gay men I don't know if you can agree with this but I think that that if we want people to understand us and accept us for who we are and at least you know empathize with us um, it's it's hard to do that when we can't empathize with you know a gay man on television who we might we may not understand I wouldn't have that sort of relationship. Right. But who am I to judge? Yeah. So I, well, I mean, but that's kind of the whole show. Yeah, I mean, like exactly. you guys were saying, they, they walk a fine line between you know, being respectful and disrespectful. They're, right. they're bringing up a lot of issues that a lot of people think about these days. Mm-hmm. And they do a very good job of playing each side. It's like, you know, Kristen one side of the Christian and Amanda is the other side. And they're both right in a lot of ways. And they're both wrong. Cannon, we, we're, we're um, sort of losing you in the reception. Uh-oh, did you, you just me? go down the basement? Be honest. <laughs> I'm I'm watching down in my basement. <laughs> Stay on a high floor, Candon. <laughs> I was also I was also disappointed about them deciding to have have a child the natural way. Um, for, strictly from like a writing standpoint, they set the scene up so well with Cricket saying, "I want to have a surrogate because I can't give up alcohol and sushi for nine months." Right. And so funny. Hilarious. It was great. And then they they went further by having them look at prospective women candidates to right. be the surrogate mother and that that just joking at how since she worked for Obama yeah, that was the that end was all hilarious. be all and they really set the <laughs> stage amazing. to introduce a really funny 
new character that could sort of play off of um, right. Cricket and Blake and be sort of a foil for them or whatever. And then they just gave that up. But you know what? The, they, they, they still have plenty of opportunity to delve into that, and it might get there. This could yeah. be an ongoing process for years, this this trying to you know have another yeah. child. And, and it opens the door to all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. I think had they gone straight into surrogacy, maybe they would have lost the opportunity to be like, well, well what would it be like? Is there a time where these two used to have relations in bed, or right. do they always sleep in this massive bed on opposite ends? Maybe you know? so. I mean, I part of me thinks though that the that the whole child storyline thing may be this temporary tool, you know, vehicle to take us to a new chapter mm-hmm. in their relationship because right. we do see that Amanda in I'm getting five, six, and seven confused mm-hmm. because we're talking about all of them. Yeah. But we do see the scene where Amanda says to Blake, "Listen, you know, I'm I don't judge. You don't have to." You don't have to explain anything to and, me. Yeah, and then Blake is kind of interested in possibly sharing their secrets with her, and that's when exactly. Cricket you know, shuts her down. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how, you know, now they've come to this consensus again, um, what is it, episode six or seven, I believe, where they say, you know, let's do this again. You know, and she's like, well, her biggest fear, Cricket's biggest fear, is that Blake isn't going to be around for another 18 years. Yeah. Yep. And so that really kind of it starts to tug your heartstrings a bit, just like see her going through this and see this emotion, and just that Blake is willing to even consider that to have that conversation right when just a week or so prior he was kind of ready to you know go to amanda and be like look this is what's really going down and i think i feel like he wants an ally i feel like he's going to go through the process that, that every gay man goes through he's he dying just, to tell yeah. someone yep he's he finally just happens told to be married and has a teenage you know a teenager at home exactly. and amanda told her mom yeah. i mean she did share that secret yeah. so this whole secret the bigger that circle gets the yeah. harder it is to and i wonder how much of a secret it really is you know, yeah. I wonder how many. I think it's really... not a secret. I'm yeah. pretty sure the entire community has suspicions. I mean, and maybe they just aren't willing to even see it. Right. They just like Ignorance kind of bliss. see maybe some fishiness going on, but they're right. like, nah. I'm just gonna like maybe stay out of that because it's almost like that. I mean, they they gossip so much mm-hmm. that might be too far. You right. know, is that too far for them to all kind of expose? I don't know, um, but. I don't know if you guys caught the fact that Blake and Cricket did have their first daughter, apparently, the natural way. Yeah, yes. back in the 90s, right. I guess they said they back got the, drunk the, one the, night. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. Candon, so, I know that, um, it, you know, you. so you were born and raised in Alabama, right? Yes. And Alabama is considered part of the Bible Belt, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm sure you're seeing plenty of overlapping themes from the Dallas uh, Dallas based television show that is GCB to mm-hmm. where you grew up in Alabama. And what are some of the things that that make you laugh or or really you know get your attention because of your own experience growing up where you did? Oh my gosh! <laughs> too many. We have so many. I mean, my my. I mean, I'm home. I'm, I was watching the shows with my mom last night, and she couldn't watch the first few episodes for some reason. I think she just was maybe you know a little turned off by some of the initial controversy. But when we watched it together last night, she's like, "This is so funny." And it's so real. She's like, "All this stuff, it happens." Right, totally. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, and maybe not to the extreme and not to the exaggerated nature that it happens on the show. Obviously, it's a television show. We're not going to watch it if it's literally our life, Um, although that is what reality TV is turning into. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) I mean, I think a a lot of the scenes that resonated with me was like the hunting stuff, like the girls going hunting. Like, I never hunted. I was never a hunter. I think that that's creepy i don't want to shoot anything but there's a lot of girls here that they do that and like it's like a date like a guy in high school took me on a date hunting and no. like we sat in the cold all day long and like shoot things and like that i was not okay with that so <laughs> fun romantic what the hell what were you hunting and where is the guy now I don't know. We didn't Still see any hunting. animals, and it was cold, and nothing ended up happening at do you all. Have his, do you have his number? Can you get him blown. on the line so he can call in? <laughs> <laughs> because seriously... But I mean, really, are you going to have your bachelorette party like on a hunting trip? Not me, but some people do. Like That's their resort. You know what I mean? 
But their hunting gear was pretty high fashion in all fairness. I <laughs> right. love oh, that. Absolutely. The best yeah. looking yeah. hunting gear. Hunt so yeah. Wait, but hold on though. I mean, I yes, I grew up in a family, an extended family full of hunters, cousins who thought it was so fun to shoot squirrels and then watch them die painfully. <laughs> My you uncles don't think were, that's fun? Uh, I think it's I think there's something wrong <laughs> with I don't know, someone's yeah. penis size or something if they've got to get a big gun to feel like a man. That's another episode. But my whole family was concerned about my well-being as how was I going to learn to be a man if I wasn't going hunting. But you sound like the Godfather right there. By the way. <laughs> that's that's how my family sounds. No, not really. But when you go hunting, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't you supposed to wear bright orange gear so another hunter doesn't shoot you? Right. Sharon had bright yes, orange you are. <laughs> I thought but I thought they were all like in camo. <laughs> they they were. Well, they were. Well, which well, is why someone got shot. Exactly. Yeah. Well, these girls are not as smart as they are beautiful. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Candon, um, how how long do you have with us, by the way? Are you with us for the whole episode? Can you stay on the line with us? Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. And if there are any viewers watching live or listening live, you can call in and share your comments with us, 424-256-1729. I know we look like total a-holes, but we're actually kind of nice, and we could have a great <laughs> conversation. Of. Borderline. Yeah. Even if we disagree, and we, we love healthy disagreement and different mm-hmm. perspectives on the show, because clearly three straight men in the studio might be a little biased. <laughs> okay. That's why I'm calling to try to... Level the playing field. (laughs) So at the top of the show, I I did say that uh, is, you know, this is one of my favorite new shows. I am so happy that this show is on television. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, Candon, that you were watching with your mom last night because I've been telling my mom, Mom, you've got to watch the show. I know you're conservative Mormon, but this has infidelity. You've experienced that. It has annoying (laughs) girls at church who are competitive. airing her dirty laundry. You've experienced that. (laughs) Yeah, my mom was the talked about divorcee in Salt Lake City and all all these oh. like pretentious women who were judging our family and oh well she must be a really difficult woman to live with i'm like mom you've got to watch the show but what i love about it is it's relatable and it's real life right. stuff that most of us can identify with but the writing i think while at times might be a little predictable and obvious mm-hmm. it makes mm-hmm. me laugh out loud right. and that rarely so rarely happens yeah. when kristen chenowitz character um carlene when she stole the laptop and waddled out of the house <laughs> with the laptop oh wedged, my god under her skirt and then she told her husband she's like well the password I don't know it's got to be something like atheist liberal Obama <laughs> I mean that's like some those words funny are synonymous perfect. with each other yeah. it's so good I love I love these digs at Obama and I mean clearly there is not a liberal person on the show including not to go back to the gay character Blake even Blake was yeah, so turned off by Obama yeah. I was like wow there are gay well look at himself on our TV show <laughs> what was that Candon? I said, look at who we have on our show, Mr. Republic The one and only. I host a show online, Republigay. He's not after Republigay. Republigay. I'm a registered Republican. There's one I know. Isn't that wild? Oh, my God. Speaking of disagreement. I don't want to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a political reporter for many years. I traveled with John Kerry. I was on his plane as part of his press corps. But I also interviewed McCain, and I spent a lot of time with Republican candidates over the years. McCain was so great back back in the day. Yeah. Um, wow, we have a lot lots to talk about. Lovely. <laughs> um, the, uh, what do you guys think about the sexual innuendo in this show? Because it's really interesting that a religious-themed show like this really is over-the-top. If you took just one episode and you listed out all of the, I don't know, vibrator comments, or, I mean, mm-hmm. how yeah. many penis references were yeah. there in episode three, I think? I mean, Luke so was introduced many. in episode, what, five? Naked? Yeah. No pants? Yeah, yeah. that's right, exactly. the no yeah. pants thing. I mean, exactly. that's pretty rare, too, for a primetime show. He yeah. was... You, it was blurred out, but you could still I'm not mad see at his booty. You remember Luke was on, Luke was on uh, Brothers and Sisters a couple seasons ago. Uh, he, was, he, he played a gay character on Brothers and Sisters. Did he? For a few oh. episodes. He was actually working on, um, who was it, Peter McAllister? Was married to Ali McBeal and Calissa Flockhart. Uh, what's his name? He's on um, Parks and Rec right now. Rob Lowe. 
Christmas oh, character. He played yeah. his younger brother oh, who I was see. dating uh, one of the walkers, the, the gay son. Oh, yeah. yeah. For like five or six episodes. I never really I knew when I saw show. when I first saw him, when I got over the initial shock of the blurred out uh, <laughs> lower region, I, I looked him up. I IMDb'd him. He was on Brothers and Sisters for a while. Well, he's yeah. doing a great job. I love He's such yeah. a likable character from he the is, beginning. Absolutely. And at first when he was saying, like, and uh, maybe you'll just, whatever it was, like, you'll be lucky. Maybe I'll be the best thing that ever happened that's to you. That's a pretty dead on. Imp- that's a good voice right there. That's oh, similar. You sound like him. I don't sound like the you, Godfather anymore? Well, you <laughs> kind of like him, too. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, well, <laughs> if only I looked like him, too. That would <laughs> Luke is my new favorite character, by what? the way. Why is that? Yeah. Why do you because love him? Because he's hot. <laughs> oh, come on. That's all? And he's he's hot and he's straight. The only other hot guy was gay. So I have to finally have a guy yeah. that I can like. And, and, he's a, and he's a little edgy, which is kind of nice. You can't have an entire cast of yeah. No, he's, he's like an urban cowboy. Yeah. You know, he's not like the typical cowboy. Right. He's a little bit... You know, a little bit more intelligent. He's got some kind of business in Austin, you right. know. Oh, so it's um, not just his he's, looks. He's an intriguing guy. He's got a little white boy swag going on. Like, he's got Definitely. it. Yeah, and he's sure. so refreshingly aware of how ridiculous his family yeah. is and all of his loved ones exactly. are the people close to him. He always points out that it's just ridiculous and he won't play into this drama. Yeah, and but, I think the show needs that. Like, it, yeah. it, it was like the first episode, the pilot episode, I loved, but it was so campy and it could have really started to go into that direction and yeah. just fallen apart quickly. Yeah, when Definitely. you bring in some real characters like this which is why i love heather on the show i love i love yeah. now i love luke i mean I, it's it shows you need both sides of it but was but anyone... it also shows that they love people you know like he yes. he loves his sister carlene mm-hmm. even though she's crazy he's never gonna like spray her and you know stop being her we're all, we're all her learning life, we're all learning life it's lessons a family right you know now. everybody's exactly. family is crazy right i mean my family's crazy they were all at my house yesterday for easter you my know like nuts batshit crazy but i love them i love them to death <laughs> and that's why i love them it's because they're crazy right. but wait a minute nobody thought that he was a younger man did anyone get that impression because there are times when we've seen him where he just looks so I, I don't know. He At times he looks like he's 25 to me. Like a grad student. I agree. Kind yeah. of. And yeah. I think, is she cougaring it? Who knows? Are they supposed to be the same age? Is he supposed to be no, a younger I guy? Think he's actually supposed he's, he's Carlene's younger brother. Yep. Oh, so he, he said he had, met, he, had met, he had met Amanda once, he had mentioned a few That's episodes yeah. when he was When they were yeah. in high school and she dumped the slop all over yeah. Carlene. Yeah. So, he's, so he's probably I two years younger. Two years younger. And it kind of seemed like maybe he might have had a crush on Amanda back in the day. And maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they'll delve into that a little bit more. Well, yeah, he yeah. certainly knew who she was, right? Yeah, Definitely. Exactly. How could he not? One she of my favorite evil. things from <laughs> la- the very last one, Sex is Divine, last night's uh, second episode, was um, that Amanda reveals that she's only had sex with one person before. And so Luke, Amazing. Luke mm-hmm. might be number two. And I like that she has that. She's been really stressed with you know losing her husband mm-hmm. while he was being fellatiated. Um, in the car wreck, <laughs> if you remember. Co-ingiated. Yeah. Oh I'm making it a word like George Bush. Well, we from all, Texas. We good all, Christian bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ding. Um, whether it's a word or not, I think we all can figure out what it means. Right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I really enjoy this thing that's going on between Amanda and Luke. I think that Amanda really deserves it. And I also love that that was the, the relationship that revealed that Carlene had her little mm-hmm. slutty face. Mm-hmm. And she mentions that she hasn't just been with her husband. She right. had a whole slew of men. Shocker. Oh, total shocker. She's been yeah. hot calling bases. kettle. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. It's black. It's coming out. I mean, <laughs> the way these characters are being developed, I really love it because, like you guys just said, it was the, the pilot episode was so campy and right. it could have just gone nuts from there. Off the cliff. But I love how every single new episode, I fall in love with the show more, I fall in love with the characters more because you see that they're real par- characters. No surprise, Carlene was sleeping around in mm-hmm. her past. Mm-hmm. No surprise that the marriages that that we thought were so perfect are having issues just like everyone mm-hmm. else. I mm-hmm. love the episode. I think it was episode three where they were each used as like the perfect marriage example. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember right, that? Right. That was awesome. Was Pastor, I, I, Pastor Tudor, I think he was doing Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Candon, did you ever feel like Pastor Tudor was going to get together with Sharon? Did did anyone sense no. that? Absolutely. No, no? I, no. I think that I think that Pastor Tudor has a thing for Amanda. I think now that she's yeah, hired as a secretary now, yeah. I think that's they're going to go somewhere with that. Because I, I was raised Catholic, so initially I was like, oh, I can't. But I'm like, not 
all pastors, like outside of the Catholic Church, pastors can get married. They what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? You were raised Catholic and you can't? No, I can't. Our priests can't get married. Obviously, they, they, they're celibate their entire lives. Oh, so yes. I didn't even think about that until a couple episodes ago, and I was like, "Whoa, he's not a Catholic." Oh, he yeah. He, I remember when Sharon a, yeah. made that statement, like, "No one should ever be attracted to the preacher." Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, I could, I could kind of see that, but it is true that he's an attractive guy. The Christian denomination, yeah. the pastors do not have to be celibate. Yeah. I mean, they're married, have kids, you know. They cast a good-looking new be. pastor for a reason. Yeah, they'll get into. The, yeah, yeah. But I she was very. I don't know. I mean, I I would hate to see this being another case of poor Sharon and more unrequited love, but. She clearly has a crush on him, whether he feels it or not. Because, Candon, like you just mentioned, when she was saying, oh, no, 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 I could not be attracted mm-hmm. to the pastor. That's so wrong. Are you kidding? You know, she really obviously over-explained herself. The more times yeah. you say no, the more right. likely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But what do you guys think about where the direction that Zach and Sharon's marriage is taking? I think it's interesting. I think that this whole, the, what was this, the last episode or two episodes ago where they had to but they have to have sex with a partner every day for a week. Yeah. And now he's starting to open up and he's letting emotions out. And and I, I don't know where she's going to go with this. I mean, this poor girl's been put through the ringer already. And, uh, yeah. I think it's going to bring him closer. I think Sharon is a raunchy little lady. And I think that what she needs is not only emotional attention. It seems like Zach has been lacking in emotional attention. And so sex then made him open up. So he's getting that. And then on the other end, Sharon was lacking in sexual attention. And now she's getting it. So she's super jazzed and ready to keep going. On the other end, Jason. (laughs) Yeah. On the other end, Sharon was lacking. Pun Pun intended. And then she was so jazzed that Zach was all about porn and figuring out these new moves and so then she started to reenact that stuff for him i think sharon is a freak in the bed and that this sex is divine thing is bringing them closer together i think their their relationship has slowly come about on the show like it has Mm -hmm. we weren't hit over the head initially with sharon's character and zach's character but i think that they they uh when when zach uh kissed amanda was episode one or two back in the season and now and now sharon kind of has a thing for pastor tudor and if pastor tudor ends up having a thing for amanda it just opens up all these possibilities with those four characters to crisscross and then kind of i mean sharon sharon could get it from both ends her husband has a thing for Amanda <laughs> again? Get it from AJ. Moments. AJ, no, 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 no. Wow. Yes, you're you're she me. You're Hopefully not from me. the pastor. <laughs> Are you serious? Did you really just say not. that? Yeah. Sorry, mother. I, mother if you're me, watching, oh. I apologize for that. No, but I mean, poor Sharon. Her husband, you know, isn't you know may have a thing for Amanda, and now. Sharon then moves on and possibly has mm-hmm. a thing for the pastor. And if he has a thing for Amanda or if Amanda ends, it, it, I don't know. Sharon, I think, it. has a lot to offer, though. And you yeah. know what? She's got a hot body. And she she's looks the perfect mother. And great. She's, yeah. She does. And I know that they must have put on a bodysuit or more wardrobe mm-hmm. or whatever to make her Absolutely. seem bigger. Yeah. She is looking awesome yeah. now. And she's still a little bigger. I love that. I do, yeah. too. She's got every curve in every right place. Mm-hmm. She, she looks she, perfect. And she not only looks great, but I think she has a lot to offer. And Candon, I know that you, I mean, boys and girls, we all have body Im- image issues, and the uh, the ideal figure is so subjective, and people always think for okay. for girls, thinner is better, and for boys, bigger is better, but honestly, I think she has a lot to offer, and I just want her to find her self-esteem. Whether her marriage stays together or not, whether she continues having her crush on Tudor, she's talented in the kitchen, yeah. she looks great, <laughs> she's and go kitchen. for it, you know? Right, There's nothing right. to be ashamed of. Well, honestly, that's one thing that I do love about this show is, I mean, really and truly, the only reason that Amanda's character works is because she lived in California, because she would not be that skinny. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. I mean, in real life, all the other women characters are decently proportioned. I mean, even, you know, Kristen Chenoweth, obviously, she's very petite with big boobs. And, you know, they're they're just kind of showing different body types, and it just kind of works. They They're not eat, all they little stick steak. figures. They eat steak. They eat ribeyes right. in Texas. D- how exactly. much? Exactly. And yeah. fried shrimps and stuff. <laughs> the the ribeyes and the shrimp and all of that. I mean, they rely a bit on stereotypes in the show. Stereotypes about what people in Dallas, high society people might be like. They also rely on stereotypes about Californians and mm-hmm. what we are like. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. I love, I mean, I love the digs at Californians. Mm-hmm. I love the digs at Obama. It's Because yeah. I think it's so funny and I think it is so true to life because I, again, this 
reminds me of like when people when I moved to LA and my extended family was like, oh, well, it's kind of a liberal city, and oh, are you gonna die? And I, who right, knows? Like, right, people right. have this idea exactly. of the monstrous California, and I love when Carlene's character says to Amanda when Amanda says something like, oh, well, she, California, blah blah blah, the whatever, and she said, have you? been to california are you kidding first stop of the apocalypse <laughs> i mean and people believe that That's people really no. believe that i yeah. grew up in a small small town in ohio and it's a very it's it's not a southern town really but there's so many similarities with with the cast of the show um i see the way that people think the things that they think that i do living i've lived in new york and los angeles since since i graduated oh, from college heathen. and they just yeah. think they're like oh my god these huge cities what do you do how do you get around it like i lived in harlem for a while in new york city and oh my lord you live in harlem and to me, I'm like, I love it. It's, it's diverse yeah. and crazy and full of culture. And I absolutely, but people were, oh, my mother, when I first moved to a city for the first time, she was scared out of her mind. I've lived in LA for almost four years and I still think she's scared. And she comes out to visit all the time, I, I, but she always worries about me. My mom, too. I've lived here 13 years yeah. and my mom says, You yeah. really need to move home to be closer to right. the nieces. You need, yeah. and I go to Salt Lake and everyone in the suburbs is. A, speaking English, B, white, C, Mormon, ah, that terrifies me. Yeah. Right. If I'm not in a busy, crowded street right. with different skin colors, different languages, right. then I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is kind of creepy twilights. Why does everyone look the same? It, yeah, you right. stick out like a sore thumb. And, and you don't notice it when you grow up. Thing. When you grow up yeah. that way, you think that's just you normal. Think it's normal. Yeah. But then when you move away... You know, this is also this is also a very different perspective than is normally portrayed on TV. Right, right. You know, it's almost like this is a void that that is finally being filled mm-hmm. because there's plenty of other shows that jab, you know, not Obama, that promote Obama or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that jab at Republicans, that jab at conservatives and, you know, redneck Southern people. And I mean, I just feel like this is totally a perspective that has not been represented yet. And... It's hilarious, but it's finally here. <laughs> right. But also, again, I think the the perspective of the show is totally subjective. In that, again, if you're if you're a liberal watching the show, or if you're a conservative religious person, or if you're an atheist, it doesn't matter. Every person is going to interpret these Obama jokes differently. Yeah. And exactly. I personally love them because it reminds me of what I heard growing up. Not because I think like, oh yeah, slam Obama. Right. It's right. like, oh my gosh, right. does this person even realize what they're saying? about you know it's just exactly. like the George Bush references the yeah. fact that in this a few episodes ago they dressed up as um, the woman who died she dressed up as Barbara oh, yeah, Bush Barbara Bush and then she had Bitsy. yeah and then she had Gigi dressed as Laura as yeah. Laura Bush oh my gosh I interviewed so Laura weird. Bush one time and no, that I, woman is such a sweetheart I but, love her oh my she's I mean I think they Annie Potts's outfit I think yeah. was, she was like I had to change out of my outfit that Laura Bush get up was just so depressing and this last episode <laughs> where I think uh, when um, when Carlene's gets shot and they're trying to come up with like a set, like a, I'm sorry gift basically. And yeah. she's like, "Well, I think I have Dick Cheney's number somewhere." Like Cheney. those little. And it, but the thing is, like, like you said, like depending on what perspective you're 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 viewing this show from, I think it's hilarious. I'm I'm a diehard blue blooded liberal, and I think it's hilarious because yeah. I don't think the show is really. I know a lot of conservative people who'd be very offended watching the show, but I think if you have an open mind, everybody from across the board can enjoy it. And not be offended because you have to be able to laugh well, at yourself sometimes. It, the reason that I'm not offended, as someone who you know is more conservative and a Republican and from the South mm-hmm. and a Christian, you know, I am open-minded. Right. So I'm yeah. not like, oh my gosh, and how dare gorgeous. you make a joke? Because yeah. I think it's funny. I yeah. relate to it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's balanced, just like the jabs at California culture. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason they think Amanda's a slut is because she moved to California. You know. <laughs> yeah. The reason and, they got a divorce is because they moved to California, or whatever it is. And just because, you know, they're, they're pulling from stereotypes right. all over. And, and, and the thing it is about the thing just about apply to this little community. I've said it before. It's kind of a control community. Like you're doing an experiment, and right. Dallas is their control. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, stereotypes come out of somewhere. Yeah, Whether we admit it or not, there are stereotypes Absolutely. about all of us, yeah. and they come from some truth. Um, and I think it's just it's just funny to me that uh, whether you're super con- con- uh, conservative or you're Christian or you're liberal or whatever, there are stereotypes about all of us that are exactly dead on sometimes. Of course, yeah. And yeah. if you can't laugh at it, just because exactly. I think I think the show with the show showing, and to someone who's super liberal like me, who tends to think that all Republicans are uptight and and boring and whatever, um, what the show shows is that even as a Christian conservative living living in the deep South, you can laugh at yourself, and you can you can you know you can you can you can get you're, you can be in on the joke. 
Exactly. And you can also love a character Absolutely. who has, you know, nothing views yeah, that yeah. are nothing like yours. Right. I also think that when you know, oftentimes we think of these shows as, oh, well, what kind of lesson are they teaching us? And <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I think that whenever you watch something, you get something from it. Maybe you get a good laugh. Maybe you get a get a, a lesson from it, something, or it applies to your own life. I am actually kind of a fan of stereotypes mm-hmm. because people always say, oh, that's so stereotypical. Well, stereotypes are kind of a necessary vehicle to engage in a dialogue mm-hmm. that exactly. we might not normally engage in because like like you said if you're extremely liberal and you run into someone who's extremely conservative what do you have in common well the fact is you have a lot more in common right. than you might like to think but yeah. on the outside stereotypes allow us to laugh at each other and laugh at ourselves mm-hmm. and laugh exactly. with each other mm-hmm. and I think the show does a good job doing that because someone like Annie Potts' character, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Gigi is so. Is I want to hang out with her. She is such a that gem. picture I just mm-hmm. noticed for the first time that she has hanging in her walkway, it's of her with a Doberman right by her, and she's just standing there all regal <laughs> in this big red <laughs> evening gown. And it was just, it's, it's fascinating. It's fabulous. I love it. And I completely agree, agree with you about stereotypes in that there's a difference between using stereotypes by themselves are not hateful. People intentionally use a stereotype to be hateful. Oh, yeah. But you can also use a stereotype, like you say, to bring people together, mm-hmm. to bond, that kind of thing. To show, I, to show a bit of a vulnerability exactly. towards yourself then allows other people who may be different from you yeah. to be open to doing the same. So totally. if you're like, look, I'm a, I'm a crazy liberal. I'm the first to admit it. I'm an Obama supporter. I'm really a Hillary supporter. But I love Obama. <laughs> um, to, to, to give a, give a little bit, and then you can get a little bit back. Right. I think that's what the show does. I think that's why it, it appeals to such a broad cross-section. Well, and a woman like Annie Potts, her character Gigi, or even Carlene, people who we might not normally think of associating with. I mean, I'm not hanging out with millionaires every day. Well, most days, but not every day. <laughs> and people you wouldn't normally identify with in real life, you can identify with on a show like this and mm-hmm. say, you know what? I can appreciate that that about them. And maybe their views are different than mine, but I I don't know. I think it's to be celebrated. And it's interesting how it shows, like, whether you're running multiple, you know, billion-dollar corporations like like Cricket Mm -hmm. or your Heather, who's struggling, and her her mother worked as a cafeteria worker, I believe, when she was in school, they said. Yeah. Like, they both have the same issues at different points. Like, Cricket is vulnerable. Cricket is – she dominates the world – you know, financially and in, in her business life, but she's vulnerable, and every and that's something that is universal. Whether and she you're has some of the or best conservative or whatever. It's we're all vulnerable with her vulnerabilities. Yeah. I think she has some of the most amazing facial like subtlety expressions, yes, and like nostril flares. You know, right. like she gives that look of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got you, Ronnie. Thanks. That's why she's my absolute she's favorite. Bull. What was that, Candon? She's like a bull. Oh. Like, I, like I see when she flares her nostrils and she's like pawing at the dirt, you know, ready to oh, charge. I that, can just see it in her. That's oh, a good analogy. This last episode, good. it killed me when um, when Heather was trying to get back in their good graces and she brought gifts and she brings a glass of champagne and bubbly to um, to Cricket and Cricket goes, that bubbly's not chilled to 52 degrees. <laughs> and she just looks away and gives her fierce profile, doesn't even acknowledge her. And, but what I love about Heather, how she reacts, she grabs it and just throws it back. She's like, what? what? I don't care. I'm it's awesome. It. Yeah. yeah. Listen, let's get in a quick commercial break, sure. and then we'll meet back here in a minute and uh, and talk a lot about it. And again, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but <laughs> three episodes, people, give us a break. It's three episodes. We'll be right back. After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? 
Heather's character is really interesting, and we've seen her evolve since the pilot episode, and we've seen Carlene become even more and more condescending. Heather, Heather, oh, poor little in-over-your-head Heather. It's just, it's, Carlene is so irritating, and I want to slap her one second and just, like, hug her and drink champagne with her right. another second. But Heather, we saw her... I don't know, and we thought she was finding love and she had temporarily found love. I mean, it moved a little fast for me, to be honest, because it was, we knew she had a crush on this guy, this super billionaire, and then at the end of this debacle, they kissed at the end of that evening, Mm -hmm. and then the next episode, he gave her diamonds. Yeah. I was like, what the, oh, maybe this, maybe this is the way they do it. He's a multi-billionaire. So let's let's put that in perspective. Yeah, diamonds to him might not mean. Okay, hold on. But in real people terms, like in our terms, I mean, (laughs) maybe you are millionaires. Maybe Candon, you are, and you're just hiding it from me. But if you went on a date with someone, like, what would the equivalent gift be? Flowers? Would you give someone flowers on the second date? Maybe. No. Why not? Maybe. If you're feeling it, I mean, I could, see, I could see flowers on the second day happening of of somebody who is like picking the other Wait, person. You guys up, don't all get bring. flowers and diamonds on the first date. You don't. No. Not diamonds. No. Oh my lord! I still have never gotten diamonds I, from a boy, I'm not and I've been dating one for two years. <laughs> oh. I just bring a ring. Candid, yeah, you have a boyfriend? You never know. You need I to do. bring this real-life boyfriend relationship into our discussion. Are you kidding? So you know what it's like. <laughs> well, to- well, yes, I do, and he's not even a Southern boy. It, so is he's he a Alabama? California boy. So uh-huh. we're in a match. One of those heathens. I bet the password on his computer is atheist or Obama. Mm. <laughs> Seriously, you should try it if you ever want to spy. Is he home with no, you right I now? Is he I family? think he's more of a diehard Republican, even than I am. Oh, hmm. interesting. I know. Remind me not to invite you over. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I totally can't. Cannon, I wish you were here in the studio with us. It's so much more fun. Me when too. We can it would be so much more face. fun to have all my three gay husbands with me. I love that you just. I haven't, who even, are met your three you. I haven't even met you yet in person. I love that you just said that about me. Thank you. For See, that me. is Canon. That's a perfect example You're of adorable. moving too fast yeah, in a relationship. Right. You've already made him your husband. I expect flowers next week. Sorry. Well, I haven't even met AJ yet, but once I do, I'm sure he'll want to be my gay husband. And newsflash, Canon. I don't know what the case is in Alabama, but uh, gay marriage is not legal in California. So three-way gay marriage with a beautiful straight girl is certainly not legal. So your three gay boyfriend husbands will have keep to dreaming, wait. Keep dreaming. Um, so Andrew Remington, Andrew Remington is this guy's name. That's a solid name. It, it is, is a solid yeah. name, and I think like he money. did. It does sound like money. Yeah. I know. Remi- what sounds like money? Remington. I can yeah. just imagine. Remington that Guns. Mm-hmm. Is he Remington Guns? Oh no, he's an internet guy. Darn, oh. that would have been too easy. And he's not like the Remington Shave Company. No, because no. he does. What does he do? Software yep. development yeah. or yep. something like that. that. Now, I thought he did his character, the actor who plays him. I think he does a good job of, mm-hmm. of being kind of nerdy and a bit like stereotypical. Oh, he's a software nerd, so he's got to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a good job with that. What I didn't like, though, again, I thought the diamonds were a little soon. I also didn't like this ad- abrupt transition of wow they're they're having this great budding relationship and things are going well and then suddenly you know what i can't do this because someone put a spotlight on you tonight and i'm gonna walk away i mean what the that quickly yeah. bizarre yeah. i can't- totally unexpected and bizarre and i it makes me dislike his character a lot because mm-hmm. that doesn't seem real to me like it's one thing if they got in a fight or something, right. you know, over it, and exactly. maybe they, maybe he threw a wine glass. I, I don't know. Maybe we saw a different side of his character in that episode, but not to just be like, "I'm sorry, I guess I just can't understand why a or maybe if they beautiful had even woman a real... would want to date me for me." Like yeah. it was very pathetic and kind of weird. Like you think that somebody who's that successful could at least, at minimum, have a real conversation about it, as opposed to just walking out. I think it contributed to the fact that he is a socially awkward nerd yeah. that doesn't know how to handle pretty. Girls. He even said himself, mm-hmm. I'm still that teenage dork who can't handle why pretty girls would be interested in me. Mm-hmm. And so I think his actions fit with that character. But I also, but for me personally, just as a greedy watcher of this, I want it to. I wanted to know more about it. Uh, totally. And that's, I think, that's, I think, the issue yeah. where we, these things have to happen because it's only a 43 minute show and right. they've got to fit all the storyline in. And remember, Amanda did the same exact thing to new Hunkmeister where he showed up and she just said, Sorry, can't do it. Not yep. going to work. Never getting along with Carlene. See you later. And that, is, as a viewer, it's frustrating. I can understand, okay, it's TV land, yeah. but I want it to be more real life because I yeah. think if I were in that situation, I would say, 
I, I don't like that Amanda is so perfect in this way. I don't like that she mm-hmm. doesn't sell people out. Amanda takes the fall for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, even going back to Sharon and her issues with Zach, Amanda never said, um, it, listen, Sharon, you need to talk to Zach. Zach kissed me. And I was, I pushed him off me. Right. Instead, she just kind yeah. of says, talk to your husband about it. Or yeah. She doesn't have any gumption. It's very frustrating totally. to relate to her as like a powerful woman. I mean, sometimes she does a great job. And she usually does it when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. But like on the on the really easy stuff, like, Luke, your sister is crazy and she's blackmailing me or whatever. Like, right. You know. Tell the truth. Like, they gossip, yes. and maybe she yeah. feels like she's gossiping and she doesn't want to cause any more rifts. She's trying to mend everything. But, like, but it's you gotta disorienting. Lose your once in a while. It's, it's disorienting right as a viewer to see a scene like the scene in Boobylicious where Amanda grabs the guy and yanks him down into right, his chair yeah. and says... She's so willing to react that quickly. Yeah, that. she reacts quickly, exactly. she reacts strongly, and you know you can't bullshit her. And he says, I'm not leaving a tip. Well, good, because your ass out the door is gratuity enough. That's the powerful yeah, Amanda. Yeah. But where's that Amanda when it comes to these other women? Yes, yeah. when it comes to Carlene manipulating a situation and saying, I'm going to embarrass your mother if you don't keep your hands off my brother. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Amanda say, F you? It's her yeah. mother. I mean, you would think she would have at least that big of a reaction. And yeah. if not, you would you would think she would defend herself mm-hmm. or give Hottie Hotness, what's his name again? Luke. Luke. Yeah. New guy Luke. Luke, Carlene's little brother, at least give him the respect of a mm-hmm. full explanation. Yeah. Like, it feels like they're trying to be like, oh, look, she's vulnerable. And they, right. they just sped it along so quickly. Like, I, you can show vulnerability in other ways. Perfect example, like we said earlier, Cricket. Just a little look. Yeah. All it takes sometimes. Yeah. You don't have to speed it along that way. You don't. It doesn't. Those moments aren't always um, expressed in the dialogue. Sometimes it's more subtle. And I, I, I hope that she finds a way to do that. I look at her character, and not to draw comparisons, but she kind of reminds me of Susan Meyer early on in Desperate Housewives, eight or nine years ago. Yeah. She's kind of the Susan Meyer of this show, where she's a little more passive. She's a little more whatever. But you've. I, I hope to fall in love with her the way that I fell in love with Susan all those years yeah, ago. You know exactly. what I mean? Because well, she, she's what, not- what strikes my attention is that I think it may have something to do with the fact um, that she's dealing with either men or women in these situations. And mm-hmm. when she's when a woman is dealing with a man, I feel like it's easier to have a little bit more power sometimes mm-hmm. because it's, it's it's an empowering feeling to stand up to a man, you know, like, and to tell, you can't talk to me like that or whatever. I mean, it's a respect thing, but women to each other are just, it's a weird dynamic. You're kind of afraid of each other, but so you don't want to, like, say too much because you don't really know what they know. And And it's just, you have to walk a little bit more on eggshells with other women sometimes. Yeah, she also, she's coming back into the situation where she's been gone for all these years. And she probably has so much anger with her husband that they haven't really gone into that a whole lot yet. Um, they kind of touched on it, but she she probably has anger towards men in general because of her husband and what was done to her by her husband. Whereas when she deals with women, she feels a lot of guilt and a lot of remorse by how she treated these women when she was younger. So maybe yeah. she reacts to them a little bit differently than she reacts to men. Maybe while she grabs that guy and throws him down, she, she in her head, subconsciously, she might be thinking, my asshole of a husband was cheating on me maybe. and left me with nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's taking it out on every man she comes across. It's, I think she's inconsistent still, too, like, like we've been saying. It's just that from the first couple episodes, maybe in the first three, she was so adamant about I felt about letting her feelings be known that she uh, that she thought these women were crazy. And she said it all the time. She confronted her mom regularly in the pilot about how crazy she thought her mom was and how yeah. she left her mom because she was mad at her and wasn't going to be getting along with her. Didn't want any of her help. Didn't want any of this. And she was not afraid to say, I hate it here and I can't wait to be away from you and live on my own. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, she's had this sort of change of heart that hasn't really been delved into. What? Right. What has brought that on from Amanda for her? If it is that she wants to make this new life and become part of this community again, that needs to be fleshed out right. more. Well, I think the sad truth is that as we're watching this as viewers and we want this, this, and that, whatever, it comes down to this is it's it's a major network television show. Yeah. It's a business. And shows nowadays do not last three, four, five episodes if they don't grab the viewers yeah. very quickly and run with it. So they, they got to pack it in. Shows don't get a season or two anymore to kind of evolve. It very rarely, especially on a network like ABC. ABC has a lot of other hit shows right now. Yeah. If GCB doesn't, you know, come out of the gates, you know, with, a, you know, what, what's, what's the term? Come out of the gates. 
I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They have but a strong start out of the gates. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know. If they can't do that, they're done. There, there's no GC. Right. And I, I think that's unfortunate, though, because I'm I'm really starting to even like the show more and more yeah. as it progresses and, and start to want, like you said, wanting this and that to happen because you're you're emotionally attached to it. So yeah. to me, that's a good sign that yeah. we're all kind of trying I, to take control yeah. of the show. I want them to make us wait. into it, you know? Yeah. But you can't ignore the mixed reviews, though, because, and Candon, you even mentioned this at the top of our after show tonight, that you are, your mom, the first couple episodes she didn't want to watch because she'd heard some bad things. And I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys have seen, I mean, I think the LA Times was not too kind to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, several reviewers right. out there have not been. Candon, what, do you know what specifically your mom had heard that was such a turnoff to her? Because your mom lives in Alabama well, and is she, religious, right? Yeah, but she, she watched um, the first episode and it was, and, and you you guys know this from watching the show the very first episode especially was very exaggerated mm-hmm. it was very over the top the innuendos were big and like everything was kind of in your face stereotype silly a little bit unrealistic mm-hmm. and that to her and to I think a lot of people was like just a, it was just a stab you know, it wasn't really delving into any sort of real issues, real hurtful. people. Yeah. It was just the kind of silly stereotype jab, jab, jab. And now that they've been given a little more time, the, the characters are coming out. And we're learning about them. And we understand the things that they're going through. And we can kind of step back and see this, like I said, as a controlled environment. that's just kind of a, a setting where... Are taking place, but really, this doesn't just happen in Dallas. These are issues. These are you know family issues and marriage issues and relationship issues and parent issues. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in the show that we all are going to have to deal with in our lives, mm-hmm. no matter where we live. <laughs> right. So I think I think now, hopefully, people can come into the show with a little bit more of an open mind mm-hmm. and really just appreciate the jokes for what they are and appreciate the characters for the people that they represent all over the place. Right. It's so hard to have a successful pilot anymore. And just that they're still on and their ratings have kind of, you know, they kind of stabilized now, I, I, I hope they're around for a long time. Oh, me too. Yeah. I hope it goes. And how can you not love Christian Chenoweth? She just... I know. There's I so much more to talk about. You know, there's uh, so much more that has to happen for these characters right. and yeah. for the yeah. show. It can't go away right now. I've been in love with her for so long. I remember a few years ago she was on Pushing Daisies, which was one yes, of my favorite shows of Emmy. all time. I yeah. love that show. But again, it's one of those shows that's a little bit uh, above a lot of people's heads, I believe, and people didn't really latch onto it. So it's kind of it was in sim- similar ways to this is very out there. And then she was on Glee for a while, and I, I just I hope this turns into a ten year gig for her because I adore for her. the sake of your relationship absolutely, with Kristen Chenoweth. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so typically we would talk about news and gossip, and we would go through predictions tonight because. Because we were packing in three shows into one show, we've kind of broken away from our traditional format, and we're not going to do those things because, unfortunately, we are out of time. But, Canon, as you said, there's a lot more to talk about, and luckily, we do have more episodes this season. I can't believe, I feel like GCB just started yesterday, and already we're going to be watching episode eight next yeah. week. Yeah. So, uh, hang in Looking there, stick with it. the show, and uh, if you're on those message boards, be nice about GCB. We want the show to stick around for a while, though. Yes. Okay, awesome. Well, for Jason Gallagher and A.J. Gibson, Candon Bliss on the phone, I'm Derek Shore. We've got Ronnie in the booth. And for all of you out there who are tuning in, thanks so much. Please call us or comment. You can rate our podcast on iTunes, and you can always find us at AfterBuzz.com. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Take it easy. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 